comes out high. It looks like he needs a soft bounce. Oh, it's an awesome shot from Rory. Will he do it? Oh! Rory McIlroy! Can you believe the scene? Well, the stage is set for an epic open Sunday here at St Andrews, the old course. It is shaping up for a finale befitting of the 150th Open Championship. I cannot wait. I must be honest, I'm absolutely beside myself and I'm sure you listening are much the same. So one last time, welcome to the Open Commute in association with Callaway Golf. Coming to you live from the 150th Open Championship, Michael McEwen here and I am joined on the eve of the big finale by one of my great pals. We spent a lot of time together at Augusta, of all places. Let's just <laughs> drop that in straight away. It's Evan Priest, the PGA Tour reporter for Australian Golf Digest. Hello, buddy. Welcome along. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Michael, for having me on. I've listened to this podcast a number of times, and I've just got to say the accents are just gravy. They're just <laughs> music to the ears. It has to be the best accented podcast going around in world golf. Do you I, think so? I do, and, and well, I think very nice. in the game of golf, especially given that we're here at the, at the home of golf in in scotland the scottish accent carries such legitimacy when you're talking about all matters golf you could sit here and say you know what tiger woods is overrated and some people go yeah well he's scottish so probably it's probably true (laughs) (laughs) you know what that doesn't work on twitter though that's the only problem i can't tweet it i can maybe say it i probably shouldn't say it but i can try but that's that's very very kind of you indeed and it's great to have you along to make your your bunkered podcast debut as i say 24 hours from now we will know the identity of the new champion golfer of the year. We're actually sitting in the interview room where that person will meet the media tomorrow night. Just a few paces away, Evan, you can see the seats up there. The Claret Jug's going to be right in the middle of that table and someone, someone is going to be looking at it with admiring glances and be very happy indeed. And I will point out, hours later, they'll be drinking some sort of alcohol (laughs) out of it. (laughs) And if they're not, they're doing it wrong. Exactly. So let's have a look. Quick recap. It is, as we record this, it is 10 to 10 on Saturday evening at St Andrews. Let's look at the leaderboard. Victor Hovland and Rory McElroy out in front on 16 under par. Rory looking to end his major championship drought, stretching back to 2014. He wants a second Claret Jug and a fifth major in all. Hovland, he's looking to become the first men's major champion from Norway. What a story that will be. They'll be dancing on the streets of Oslo if he comes in. <laughs> and then, as we go down the leaderboard, well, four shots we have to go back to their nearest challengers, and it's the two Camerons, Cameron Young and Cameron Smith, who are on 12 under par. A further shot adrift, Siwoo Kim and world number one, Scotty Scheffler. And on 10 under par, outright seventh at the moment, Dustin Johnson. I'm reluctant, Evan, to go much further down the leaderboard because that's six shots from... Hovland and McElroy down to Dustin Johnson. Are we thinking that the winner of the Claret Jug is going to be one of those seven players? I absolutely do. I, I think seven shots is a Swilkin Bridge too far for these guys. <laughs> Sorry, excuse the pun. <laughs> That's very good. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, we, you, you have to be within six. Um, I think I, I read a stat just before. All 29 of the previous winners of the Open at St Andrews have been within four shots starting the final round. Oh, really? So it, it's not really so a it's one of four if the history is going to hold. Correct, yeah. So so it's not really a, a golf course where you can make up more than four shots. You, you really have to be in and amongst the mix. And if you look at those those players who are within six shots, I mean, this is an absolute superstar leaderboard. It really is. It really is. Imagine it was only 54 holes and finished tonight. Oh. <laughs> who would want that, I wonder? <laughs> different pod, different day. 
I'm going to come back to Hovland and McElroy, if that's okay. And I'm instead going to jump down the leaderboards to one of those guys that's four shots back. He had a disappointing day today, one over par. He was our overnight leader. He's a guy that you know very well, Evan, Cam Smith. Where did it go wrong for Cam today? On the greens. Yesterday, he made 255 feet worth of putts, and that is an unofficial PGA Tour record. So since they've been keeping the shot link data, going back to that, no one has ever made that that amount of putts in one single round, and he smashed the record. Today, he made 50 feet of putts. It was just mm. not going well at all for him. And, he, and as you know, he's one of the best putters, if not the best putter on the planet. Yeah. And he three-putted the opening hole. It kind of set the tone for the round, and he missed a, a bunch of... Sh- a, a bunch of uh, short birdie putts, you know, the 5th, the 7th, the 10th, the 12th, the 15th and the 18th, all really good chances, you know, really in his wheelhouse, that that 10 to 15 or 20 foot range, he, he eats them for breakfast, couldn't get it done and it was a really frustrating day for him. But I suppose to answer your question with one moment, it was the 13th hole, it was a really confusing situation, he had a beautiful drive, it was rolling down the fairway and then as St Andrews does, it just seems to suck it, it's almost like it's magnetic, those pot bunkers. <laughs> Went in there, or almost went in there. It was sort of actually probably worse than going in that pot bunker. It was sitting right on the edge, and he absolutely went for it. He tried to make a full swing from standing in the bunker, the ball probably at his waist height, and he fluffed it into the gorse bush, and from there he made double bogey. And I wouldn't say that he never recovered because he did fight back, mm-hmm. and he at least well, he shot seven. the next, didn't he? Correct, yeah. So, so, you know, a 73, he saved disaster. He's still within four shots of the lead, and I think he can get it done tomorrow. You know Cam pretty well. You've covered him for, for a long time. What can you tell us about him? What kind of guy is he? He's a guy who, picture the show Entourage. Right, okay, yeah. He's kind of like Vinny Chase. He's, he's got 30 or 40 million US dollars in the bank. He's won some of the biggest events on the PGA Tour, including the Players' Championship, as you know, a few months ago. But he's that same humble guy. He's a knockabout. He, we would almost call him a bogan in Australian terms. He's not quite a, a bogan. A what, sorry? A bogan. What's that? <laughs> a bogan is uh, he's just someone who's working class, knockabout, right, okay. unashamed about his love of footy, meat pies and beer. You know, <laughs> when you say footy, you mean Aussie rules? Uh, rugby league. Rugby league. All so, oh, so, right. Okay. So Cam's from from Brisbane, and Brisbane is like you know that and Sydney are the heartlands of rugby league. You know, it's it's, a, it's the most popular viewing sport by fans in those two cities, those two states. And he's just a guy who's come a long way from Brisbane. He now lives in Florida. He's he's world number six. He was world number three as of a month ago. But he's the same guy. He's got the same circle of friends. He's not interested in in, in being friends with anyone famous because, as you know, we we do rub shoulders with a lot of Mm -hmm. rich and famous people in in professional golf. I wouldn't say where we were, the two of us, on (laughs) Thursday night of the Masters, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can if you want. You can if you want. Go on. Go on, say it. Well, all I'll say is that we went in one direction that night to get to the house. (laughs) You can draw your own conclusions. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So he seems like a a sort of blue-collar hero, the the working-class fans, working-class golfer. Yeah, comes from great parents, great family, northern suburbs of Brisbane. and, uh, And like I just said before, he hasn't changed with all that fame, all that fortune. He's absolutely... I now live in the Jacksonville Beach area, not far from him. And he is an, he's almost like Kobe Bryant back in the day. You know, he's a mega celebrity and everyone is just trying, trying to you know, grab like a glimpse or a sighting of Cam Smith around the area. And uh, once they hear the Australian accent, you know, if I'm at a cafe or a restaurant, they ask me, do I know Cam? He's really a mega celebrity down there. Really? Cool. And it hasn't changed him at all. He's the same guy and he's just... He has that, you know, gritty compare. He almost has like a bit of a Tom Watson about mm. him. The way he plays the game with feel, the, sh- the hands are incredible. But he's just an ultimate competitor that wants to bury you on the first tee. Would 
his season be? It's going to sound like a strange question, so bear with me. But will his season be maybe a little bit of a disappointment if he doesn't win the Open tomorrow? Because he could go on and win the FedEx Cup, and that's fantastic. But he's won the Players' Championship and he's won in Hawaii. So it sounds like I'm describing something completely mad. But he's had chances in majors. You know, he had a good run at the Masters, was in the final group on Sunday, and he's got a good opportunity here. The next step for Cam Smith has been to win a major. So is it going to be a damp squib if he doesn't? I think that's a fair assessment because, as you said, he finished third at the Masters. He was in the final group. He actually birded the first two holes to come within one shot of Scotty Scheffler, who ended up winning. Uh, he sort of faded away from there. That was a disappointment. He was sort of up there, loosely up there at the PGA Championship, ended up tying for 13th, and now he's held the 36-hole lead at the Open Championship. If he doesn't go on to win this one, you would you would at least have to classify his major season as a disappointment because he's had two really good chances. Let's hope he gets it done tomorrow. But yes, I think that would be a fair assessment. Yeah, so he'll be out tomorrow. Let me just look at the time. 2.40pm UK. He'll be out alongside Cameron Young in the penultimate group. Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland, our leaders by four, will be out at 2.50pm. I'm going to put you on the spot, Evan. Out of those two, Hovland and McIlroy, who do you like most for the win? If it's not going to be Cam and it's going to be one of those two. Who do you like most? You, you, this summer, Rory has really sort of rose up and just said, you know what, I'm sick of the questions about not winning. I'm sick mm. of the questions about not winning major championships. He made a real statement with that Canadian Open victory. He was right up there at the Masters. And, and I just think that, I think it's time for him to win one. I think it's been eight years. I think he's really over that, that winless drought. And, and I think he's ready to do it. I think the way he played today, I think the way he's, you know, if there's if there's ever a criticism of Rory and he's one of the best players in the world and he's a fantastic guy, it's that he doesn't perform that well on firm, fast tracks. A lot of his, all of his major victories have That's been it. sort of the wetter, you know, the softer versions mm-hmm. of major championships. And the way he's played these three rounds, he, I think he's just, he just looks ready for it. What's impressed you most? His, his lag putting, it's just phenomenal. You know, when he seems to be out of position, he's always guaranteeing that par. And if he's, if he's driving a par, one of the, you know, one of the many short par fours here at St Andrews, he's capitalising on, on those, uh, those opportunities. So I, I, just, I just really like the way he's playing from tee to green. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm not a religious or a spiritual person in any way, shape or form, but I do almost feel like there's something happening above us just now that this feels like destiny for Rory. We had a symbolic moment yesterday which I think will become more symbolic in time, by the way. When he and Tiger passed each other, he was going down the first as Tiger was coming up 18. There seemed to be a... They didn't pass a baton to one another, (laughs) but it felt like they could have. And I I made this point earlier that, you know, St Andrews welcomes every golfer. Everyone comes from around the world in their droves to play here. It's welcome to them all, but it only embraces a certain few. Mm. You think of Bobby Jones, eventually. Mm. You think of Jack Nicholas. You think of Tiger Woods. It feels... Like there's been a a moment has happened this week with Rory McIlroy where yeah. he's now uh, an adopted St Andrean because the fans are so behind him. They were mad for him today, weren't they? Absolutely mm. mad for him. Yeah, it, it reminds me of you know the, the, the 2000 US Open that Tiger won at Pebble Beach. There was a really special moment where Tiger was teeing off in the in the second round just as Jack Nicklaus was finishing. Yes, it was his last ever US Open. He was crying, waving to the crowd. Tiger like heard the applause, soaked up that moment and then teed off. And it was like he had that extra motivation to go on to win that one. That moment you, you spoke of with Rory and Tiger, it did feel like that in a little bit. Certainly if he goes on to win, we will look back at that yeah. and say that was that moment. And it's funny because you mentioned Tiger and Jack. I mean, 
it, it's been churned out many times, this stat, but every time Jack bid farewell to a major, it was Tiger who won that week. Now, Tiger isn't saying goodbye to the Open, but in some ways he is. He's saying goodbye, I think, unofficially as a competitive force. Correct. I yeah. don't think he believes that he can win the Open, and I think that's why he was so emotional on Friday. Yeah. It was because, well, yeah, I, I probably am done. I will come back. I'm not a ceremonial golfer, but I will come back for maybe one last hurrah. But even though he's not saying it, it does feel like he's done to a degree. Rory winning this week would just feel like the most appropriate thing. It, it does, yeah. And, and imagine if he went on to, to sort of win maybe a few more that the Tiger called the quits in. It would almost be a beautiful symmetry between yeah. Tiger and Jack and then, and then Tiger and Rory. Because as you know, you know, we seem to think that the baton is being passed onto it. Rory is the one that can take this game into the future. He's the biggest name in the sport by a country mile outside of Tiger Woods. And we're all sort of looking at ourselves and we're trying to think, what are we going to do after Tiger? Yeah. And, and, and that's a lot of pressure on Rory's shoulders, but he seems up for it, especially these past six to 12 months. He's been outspoken. He's been excellent. Um, he stood up for the PGA Tour, obviously, because he's, he's, he's a staunch, passionate fan of the PGA Tour. He's a director on the PAC. And, uh, and it just feels like all the stars are aligning for Rory to win this Open Championship. You know, selfishly, I hope it's Cam Smith. Of course. But, <laughs> I wouldn't expect that. But what a story. I think, I think the best story for golf at this point in time is for Rory to win tomorrow. Well, we'll see if that happens. There's more to come on the Open Commute in association with Callaway. Do not go anywhere. When we think speed, we think about speed tuning every aspect of the new Rogue ST drivers. Really? I just think about smashing it. When we think total power, we think of our tungsten speed cartridge. A what speed cartridge? I don't know. But I like what it does. When we think max distance, we think of... Oh, that's bomb! With our fastest, most stable driver ever, there's only one thing you'll think about. Smoked it. Bombed. See ya. Think speed. Go rogue with Callaway, the kings of distance. The moments, the memories, the chance to be there. Apply now for tickets for the 151st Open, Royal Liverpool 2023. Head over to theopen.com. Ticket ballot closes on Wednesday the 20th of July. Welcome back, part two of the Open Commute on Saturday evening. You're listening to it on Sunday morning, so good morning wherever you are. And we are very excited, Evan Priest and I, because the final day of the Open Championship is almost upon us. We've discussed Cam Smith, we've discussed Rory McIlroy. Let's move on to Victor Hovland, Norway's finest. Norway's only, I think, <laughs> in some respects. Sorry, Christopher Ventura. Hovland has... He's kind of come out of nowhere this week, it feels a little bit, Evan, because he had a great start to the year. He was just top five all the time, it felt like. He's been trending, I hate the word, but he's been trending in this direction <laughs> for some time. But you know what he's never done? He's never contended really at the business end of a major championship and now he is. You've seen a lot of him out in the PGA Tour. How do you think he'll handle the pressure of going out in the final group for the Open with Rory? I, I think he'll soak it up. I, I think he's, he's had a couple of good results at the major championships. He was tied for 12th in 2019 as an amateur at the US <laughs> Open and the Open he was also tied 12th last year. I think his game seems, you know, you use the word hashtag trending. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but it does seem to be, it do, he does seem to be sort of climbing the ladder of, okay, ticking off the boxes of winning PGA Tour events, 
contending in majors and now he's he, he seems you know he's he's at the really the, the business end of a major championship a tied for a, a t12 is one thing at a major championship but the final group with rory mcelroy at the open at st andrews that's a different kettle yeah. of fish he seems ready for it he's got that positive attitude he hits the ball so straight the wind doesn't seem to affect his ball at all which is just a miracle and uh and i, I think he's really ready for the stage i do as well I, I was so impressed with how he handled it today playing again alongside rory in the penultimate group as it was today so they've switched places with the cams for tomorrow and you look at that card i mean there's there's not a blemish on it four birdies on the spin in his first six holes he then picked up another one at 10 and birdied 18 but for me actually the most impressive part was that section from 11 to 17 where he just kept making pars for somebody like rory playing alongside him trying to put the pressure on trying to break away trying to give himself a big advantage going into sunday that's demoralising when you see someone who just doesn't make mistakes. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's besides um, the 14th hole, that's a tough stretch. Yeah. So to, to survive those, as you, as you turn back into the wind, and some of your listeners may not know that St Andrews goes out with one, you know, one breeze and then at the 12th hole they turn around and head back to the clubhouse in a completely different wind. And to survive those is usually into the wind. To survive that wind with even par, not a, not a blemish on the card, is phenomenal. And I, that's, that's why I seem to think that he's got the patience and the temperament to at least be there with three holes to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he's going to give Rory a run for his money. I'm just looking at the leaderboard and there's a name that has jumped out. So I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here and I apologise. I love tangents. It's another Aussie. And you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you said you've listened to the pod, so you probably know that Bryce and I are fans of Adam Scott. I mean, he is just your fellow Australian. He's just an unbelievably handsome human being. But he's a, he's a, he's a good, solid bloke as well, isn't he? He's just a, a good guy. Give, give us an insight, because we've never had it on the show before, so let's go for it. Tell us what Adam's like. There, there probably isn't a nicer guy on the planet. You know, he, he's, the guy, he's the guy that every girl wants to bring home to their parents. He's, as you said, he's a handsome dude. You know, we're, you know it's, it's okay to say that he's a very handsome man mm-hmm. phenomenal golfer maybe the best golf swing that's ever played the game yeah but he's just a, a genuine bloke with, with a gold heart um so so to give you a little bit of a story that, that i wrote um earlier in the week he normally comes to st andrews he loves coming here the week before an open here not only for a reconnaissance mission but also to play this place in peace without all the fans yeah. without all the cameras and agents everywhere and whatnot so every time he comes to play the Open at St Andrews the week before, he takes a local caddy, a guy called Steve Jones. Right. Steve Jones has caddied here for 22 years, ever since the year 2000, November 2000. He caddied, I think he got a call up for Eduardo Molinari at the 2005 Open. He caddied for James Hahn at the 2015 Open. I don't know who he caddied for at the 2010 Open, but he did get a gig. He did get the call up from being a local caddy to a caddy in the Open. And so Scott just loves to hang out with him, says he's a lovely guy, but he didn't get a gig this week. And Adam felt really bad. He was like, oh, he's not going to be involved in the Open. So uh, the British amateur champion, Audric Potgieter, uh, Adam set up a practice round with him on Monday. And Adam said, you know what? I feel so bad that Steve isn't involved in the Open festivities. I'm going to get him to caddy for Audric. Just give him a bit of a lay of the land, some local knowledge, just so that Steve feels involved in the 150th Open festivities. And it's just those little things that Adam Scott does behind the scenes that never get any credit, which make him such an unbelievable bloke. So I decided, you know, sometimes I I, I hear things being around the Aussie camps that you do and you don't want to write. But this one was just such a nice story. I thought, yep, I'm going to put that out there. 
and uh, and I spoke to the caddy, and he was just over the moon. Once he saw the article, he texted Adam's manager and said, "Thank you so much for writing about me. It was such an honour to be featured in the Australian Golf Digest." Um, and I had such a good time with Adam. Please wish him well for me this week. It was just such a nice story. That's awesome. Yeah. What a great tale. So Steve Jones, did you say he's a local caddy yep. here? He's, he's been a caddy at St Andrews since the year 2000. 22 years of local knowledge of the old course. Oof. And Adam loves to pick his brains. And even he's, he's even caddied for Adam's parents when Adam's parents have played social rounds at St Andrews. So they're a big fan of Steve Jones. And uh, shout out to Steve Jones this week. I hope he's listening. That is absolutely awesome. I love that story. I'm going to ask you about another one of your Aussies, actually. This is becoming the Australian special. Bit of an Aussie fest. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to look back to 2015, and not Mark Leishman, who lost in the playoff here, as we know, but Jason Day. Yeah. Jay Day gave an absolutely phenomenal performance that we could very easily, if I'm remembering it rightly, he, he ran pretty close to getting playoff. Is that his, right? His putt for the playoff came up short. That's an inch right. Short. He yep. was wearing that gilet thing, wasn't he? The That's sort right. of body warmer thing. Yep. Obviously not here this week. He's, he's having... Uh, a slump. There's, there's no other way of putting it. Eh? Of course. So, what have you heard? I mean, is he hopefully turning a corner because he's a popular guy. He's a former world number one. He's a major champion. He has to come back, right? You would hope so. I mean, there's little flashes of brilliance. He tied for third at Torrey Pines this year. He's working with Chris Como, who used to work with Tiger Woods. It was. It's a bit of a moot point with Tiger because Tiger was so injured. You don't know when you're rating the coaches, the great coaches who have coached Tiger Woods, Hank Haney. Butch Harmon and now Chris Como. You don't know if he was actually good with Tiger or not because just because Tiger was so physically broken down. Yeah. But he, he's he's one of these. You know, he's a modern coach. He's a bio biomechanist. I think I'm pronouncing that yep. correctly. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, Anyone listening he, doesn't he, know he unless they are in, one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> he believes in studying the body and and sort of what is the body telling the coach about the golf swing and working from there. He's been working with Jason for about two and a half, maybe three years now. That they are seeing some results. Even if that's only Jason can swing the golf club without his back hurting anymore, you know. So, so that's a victory in itself. He showed little, like I said, he showed little glimpses of good form here, good form there. He actually held a thirty. I was there in DC at the uh, at the Wells Fargo at, at, at Potomac. He held the thirty-six hole lead. He was looking like the Jason Day of old, and he faded miserably in the third round. But there are signs there that we could see the Jason Day of 2015, 2016 again. I really hope so because he, he is a true rags to riches story. He comes from you know a, a poverty-stricken household in outback Queensland to the bright lights of the PGA Tour, becoming a, not only world number one, but a dominant world number That's one. That's right, yeah. You know, pro- probably more of a dominant world number one than Rory was for a long stretch of time because J- Jason was world number one for 47 consecutive weeks and he was winning like Tiger. That's right. After you just mentioned... The putt for the playoff at St Andrews, the last time it was here in 2015, that came up short, but it kicked off this run where Jason won five times from 17 PGA Tour starts, including the, the, PGA, the PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. Uh, he, he's so exciting to watch. He plays a firebrand, almost a Seve Ballesteros style of golf where he hits it and goes and finds it and makes the most amazing up and downs for pars and birdies. And uh, yeah, it, we, we really hope that he comes back and uh, graces the PGA Tour again because he's a phenomenal talent. Well said, well said. I'm curious to get a take on what the Open is like in Australia. Like, what time of day will that be tomorrow? So let me see. 2.50pm UK time, McElroy and Hovland are teeing off, which is... 11.50 in Sydney, on the east coast of Sydney. That's okay. A, that's a, it's almost midnight. So the Open, oh. is, it's, it's got its own... Every, every major has its own theme, you know, per Australian viewers. The Masters is the Monday morning, mm-hmm. waking up at 4am with your coffee to, to watch the, hopefully the Aussies are in action and Tiger and whatnot. 
Um, and the Open Championship, it, it, it's phenomenal, the, the broadcast these days. This time last year when I was sadly not working in golf, I had a bit of a hiatus where I was in general news back in Australia. Um, the Open, the first tee time on Thursday and Friday being at 6.30 in the morning, that's 3.30 in Australia. So I'd finished three work at 3 p.m., cracked a beer, and I was watching the Open. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Richard Bland hit the first tee shot. Did, I was drinking yeah. my first beer of the day. What beer? Uh, that was a. I'm a big fan of the Japanese beers. That was okay. a, a beer called uh, uh, Kieran. I love the Kieran beer. It's phenomenal. I thought you were going to go to like you know uh, a Crownie, maybe something like that. <laughs> a Crown Lager. Yeah, is that not any good? No, it, it's it's just like a, a an expensive version of VB, which is the is the Battler's beer. You know, it's not 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 fantastic, but uh, I love the Japanese drafts. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, you're, well, you're closer to Japan there, so I'm sure you get a, a lot better selection than we do over here. So, but yeah, you were saying about watching the open yeah, over there the open is is the late night it's the late night major you yeah. sort of you're getting home from work in australia three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock and you're watching the open right up until you fall asleep midnight 1am and then when it comes to the final two rounds if you want to watch the action you, you're, you're you're staying up till four in the morning so if, if an aussie's in contention if cam was leading after 54 holes after today you can guarantee several hundred thousand australians will be what you know waking up or trying to have a nap and staying right through <laughs> to 5am watching him win it didn't really pay off when Adam had four bogeys in to finish oh, in 2012. No. I never I, thought of that. Yeah. I a lot of people phoning in second, like stinking moods, no doubt that day. Yeah, and just like, why did I stay up? But it was, <laughs> you know, you had to. If you're not using contention at the Open Chambers, you, you absolutely have to. So uh, shout out to everyone back in Australia. If you're going to stay up late tomorrow night, I hope you have a few beers. I hope Cam yeah. does the job for you and I hope he gives something for you guys to cheer about. So that's that's the kind of, that's the Open in the Australian lens for you, Michael. What about the, the old course? How's that received down under? Because look, you guys have got, the, the sand-built courses there, some of the best golf courses in the world. Is the old course as big a deal in Australia and for Australian golfers as it is for, say, Americans who 100%. flock over here? Uh, for the fact that you just mentioned about it being the home of golf, it being the, the blueprint for all golf courses around the world, but also because the similarities between sand-built golf, like you mentioned, and the old course, it's a game played along the ground. It's where you have to think your way around the golf course. Sometimes you have to play away from the pins. That's very raw Melbourne style. Um, Australians are, are very much aware of the history of St Andrews and, and the allure of it, and and the fact that an Australian, uh, two Australians have won here. Peter Thompson won an Open at, at St Andrews, and Kel Nagel won the Centenary Open at St Andrews. So it's very much it's it's as big a deal back there as it is here. As with that, we're just about done. So before we go, one name very quickly. Who's it going to be? I know what your I know what your heart's saying. What's your head saying, Evan? I think my head's saying Rory. My heart's saying Cam. I'm going head and heart, both saying the same thing. It's Rory McIlroy's time. I like I'm, it. I'm quite sure of it. I'm, I'm, I'm as sure as I can be. I'm going to look very silly tomorrow when it doesn't happen. But hey, that's fine. We'll just put out another podcast on Monday and people will soon forget <laughs> all about it. Evan, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Please come back again soon. We'd, we'd love to have you back if uh, if you'd like to join us. I would like to hear that those dulcet tones just one more time. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, signing off then from the Open at St Andrews. It's been a fantastic week and we are very, very excited about what the remaining 18 holes have in store. So wherever you are watching it in the world, I hope you enjoy every single second. It's been an Open Championship to remember. Let's hope we get a final day fitting of it. Many thanks to Callaway Golf for their continued support of this podcast. And thank you very much to you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye for now.